Welcome to the fifth episode of Matchup Mashup. I'm your host, Private Merck, and I'm joined by Wee Wee Man. Hello, everyone. So, uh, how'd your week go, Wee Wee Man? It was pretty, pretty solid. I played a bit of Hearthstone through the week, a little less on the weekend because I was super busy. I went up to Cleveland and... Um, I uh, went to these like arcade that had uh it had like all the um old retro arcade games. I think it was called like Pins or something. It was really cool. Frogger. But, um, Is there Frogger? I think they had like everything, but like I honestly didn't play many of like the old games. I played like a lot of pinball, and then we played like the duck pin bowling. But I actually I didn't play I've many of the arcade there. games. I remember the dunk pin bowling. I think me and Hannah went there back before we, like, the summer, over the summer. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's a cool place. They have, they have them all over, too. Like, I went to another one before in Columbus. It was, like, the same same thing. and But it was lame. Literally, the only arcade game I really, like, am decent at is Pac-Man. And both Mrs. pac or, what is it, Miss Pac-Man and regular pac-man were were out of order so that was sad what about but galaga you don't like galaga no i like galaga i just think i'm, I'm like only good at pac-man i feel like I'm, I'm like pretty bad at all the other old retro games when i, like I, finish, I don't really know what i'm doing whenever i finish a game of galaga my hand is always like in so much pain because i've just been mashing that button for like as hard as i can for so long galaga always just leaves me sore you know do you have to like press the button every time to shoot it's not like yeah it's like you do have to press it every time to shoot oh man but yeah play lots of skee ball all that good stuff so yeah it was it was a fun weekend and uh yeah i just got some hearthstone games in when i could um i was mainly playing uh warlock well well it it was kind of like a it was kind of like a pattern to it like in the beginning of the week i was playing warlock because that's what i said I would be playing, um, but turns out Warlock is not very good, and all the variants of Warlock that people are trying are just kind of subpar. And um, I thought it was really it was a really fun deck to play, but it just doesn't perform that well. And you know, at the same time as I'm doing this podcast, I'm also still trying to climb every season. And so, of course, if I keep losing enough with a deck i want to play some different ones and uh we actually have a little announcement regarding that that uh private merc will tell you about but but yeah so i was playing a lot of a lot of chad warlock and then as i was last week uh going back to my favorite right now outcast dh um and doing some climbing with that deck uh but but other than that, uh, haven't really been playing any other decks, unfortunately. But I've been keeping up with what's been going on because a lot's actually happened with that mini set, and uh, especially with with Pure Paladin, which Private Merc will also tell you about. So, so um, how was your week? Uh, well, before we get to my week, I find it very interesting that 
we go uh, this this part of the section of the podcast is Jesse's week in Hearthstone and life, and you failed to mention where eighty percent of all of your living breathing hours went this week. What was that? What were you spending most of your waking life doing this week? What was I spending? I mean, work. Diablo uh, Four. Oh yeah, yeah. Diablo Four. I can't. <laughs> I can't forget about Diablo. <laughs> you may Diablo notice is our host so is, is very tired. That's because he uh, stayed up all night playing Diablo Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, literally this whole week, I, I, I just ruined myself because I still have a job. I have to wake up for every morning, and. I was I was just playing Diablo till 1 a.m. every night. Not even doing the campaign because I'm I'm trying to wait for Private Merc because we we want to all do this this campaign together. But I've just been doing like dungeons and just trying out different different abilities and stuff, and it's it's been so fun. But yeah, I've I've been playing that way too late every night. I'm really tempted to play it tonight, but like I think I'll actually like die tomorrow if I don't <laughs> actually get good sleep tonight. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. So Jesse's a Diablo gamer. It's been sucking his his life sustenance away from him. He just is is fading yes. away because of Diablo. It's like it's like drain soul. It's like that that card. That's what <laughs> no, it's, it's doing. siphon soul, bro. It's like <laughs> siphon soul. Yeah, that wants one too. it paid in full. <laughs> God. But anyway, okay. So, um, my weekend life, uh, so this upcoming week, I've got a work trip, and I'm gonna be going up to Florida for the week for something called Infocom. It's like an AV, like big old like conference thing where all these different like audio video equipment makers come down and they show us what new stuff they got for the year, so we can like see what the future holds. So that'll be fun to be in Florida for a week. And over the weekend, me and Hannah went to Ocean City, Maryland, and we spent the weekend there, and it was really fun. We played lots of mini golf, the old pro golf. Did she get you? Did she get you at all? Or no, we played one of the dinosaur one, and we played one of the dragon one. And uh, no, you know, you know, I won't be caught slacking. But. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. I got a few hole-in-ones. I got, like, one hole-in-one of the dinosaur one, but I got, like, two or three of the dragon one. I was feeling myself on the dragon one. Hell yeah. But yeah, it was really fun. Ate so much food, drank so much alcohol. Like, me and Hannah got these little bottles, like, the concealed bottles that just got the... What are those things called? The cozy or whatever? What are those things called? The go- koozie that goes around the bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, two drinks would fit in it, and I would just drink mine real quick. We were reading our books on the beach, and then I would, like, be, like, done with mine, and I would look over at Hannah, and I'd be like, yours need refilled yet? So that I can, like, <laughs> just go back up to the room and <laughs> refill them both up with two more drinks. <laughs> Amazing. It was fun. We read books for, like, an hour while doing that, and then I looked over, and Hannah was just asleep on the beach on her towel, and I was like, oh, too too fast. God. <laughs> Yeah, that's dangerous. But it was fun. It was very s- fun. We played at the. I went to the arcade as well. I I like arcade more arcades that you were describing more than like the modern arcade. The modern arcade that exists to like grab your, grab your trigger your dopamine receptors and steal all your money. Whereas like those old arcade right. machines, I love like Frogger. As I was saying, that's like I love that game. It's so cool how like the the like the pins place we went to. It's like as I think like 
I mean, they can't even tell. They weren't enforcing like you having a drink in your hand. But I've definitely been to that place. I remember that rule too. It was like games are free as long as you got a drink in your hand. I have definitely been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice because you can literally just play like all day. I like Donkey Kong a lot too. Jumping over the barrels, getting the monkey. That game like ends so quick though, and then it just loops. Have you ever beaten Donkey Kong? There's like three levels. I don't think I've ever actually played the the that Donkey Kong. You know, it's fun. It loops. There's only three levels, and then you beat them, and it starts over again on the first level. And if you beat all three levels, and you do that 40 times, the game just, like, crashes, because they didn't, like, that's all the game. <laughs> that's all of the game that was made. <laughs> good. So. Sounds good. But, yeah, so uh, that, was, that was my week in life. My week in Hearthstone, so... Me and we man have been discussing, and while we're building an audience here, you guys might remember our original plan, maybe not if you haven't listened to our older episodes, but the original plan was once we start to get kind of some fans, people following us on social media or like letting us know any opinions they have about the show, we'd kind of do polls and let them pick on the deck for the week that they want us to play, and then we can speak to those decks because we know that's like what you guys want to hear. But since we don't have that much of a following right now, and sometimes uh, two main things happen. One, we realize pretty quickly into the week that we're just not enjoying the deck. And while what we want to do is bring you really objective experience of the meta, it's really hard for us as humans to do that if we're just not having fun with the deck. So it's like I, I experienced with Relic Demon Hunter, and as Wee Wee Man said, he experienced with Chad Warlock. It's like... We don't even really want to collect that data and play those games because we're just not really having that good of a time playing the decks. So we often find ourselves either just playing other decks for fun or just not playing Hearthstone entirely. (coughs) Excuse me. Playing, like, another game instead. And we want our relationship with Hearthstone to be one where we're, like, really excited to get this data, really excited to make this podcast. So... To make that, and, oh, that's reason number one, sorry. Reason number two is sometimes unforeseeable changes happen in the meta, and we want to really bring you guys, like, the most up-to-date information that we can. That's what we're about here. So, at the end of last week, Big Beast Hunter was, like, like you're going up the top of a roller coaster, basically. Like, we was like, oh, my gosh, it's just going up, and Hound, the Hound seems crazy. Hunter has this huge mid-game swing, basically an Arcanist Unleashed Fell now, like, they can just heal up to full and then just finish off anyway with Hydralodon or King Crush or stuff. <clears throat> Sorry. <coughs> but, um, so, uh, that was what the future of the meta was looking like, but then out of nowhere swoops in Uther with his hammer of the wind lord and he says no you're taking 28 face damage on turn seven and like pure paladin just came out of nowhere and took over the meta basically and this couldn't be foreseen because there was really no data of this ham this uh, pure paladin with the offboard burst damage package but it seems like a missed opportunity for us to just not talk about that deck since it's just completely taken over the entire meta by storm so the way we're going to do the podcast moving forward is we'll still have our end game section where we play a match against each other and give you that play-by-play analysis but instead of picking our decks a week ahead of time at least until we get some followers and listeners that uh say otherwise or want to hear otherwise 
we're just going to play a few decks throughout the week, and we're not necessarily going to choose the main deck at the end of each podcast, because we want to bring you that up-to-date information. So, uh, anything to add to that, Wee Wee Man? Yeah, um, I just would like to say that uh, in the future, too, no matter what happens, we'll be always open to um, analyze any decks that, like, we get, you know, suggestions about or, or like, if we do end up doing polls and uh, people all want, like, a certain deck, we'll still look into those. But I think um, the big picture of it is that we would like to just keep our show about um, looking at the meta through the scope of particular decks so that we can talk about their strengths and weaknesses and their matchups and hopefully provide a different angle from other podcasts that talk about the meta by talking about the meta through the lens of certain decks. And I think what we realized is that it doesn't need to be, you know, we don't have to be married to one single deck to do that. We can still give that information uh, as long as we're playing the game and, you know, getting enough games in with certain decks to where we feel comfortable talking about our experiences with it and what we see in the data, um, whether it be ours or HS Replay or Vicious Syndicate. So um, I think moving forward, it's going to be a lot more, a um, lot, lot more of a more loose and um, what word am I looking for? Kind of just chill vibe at this podcast where we will still do what we were doing before discussing the meta um uh by a deck deck uh, uh per deck basis but um we're also just going to um leave ourselves open to try new things because this game changes all the time so we have to all right yeah i agree with all of that so with that uh that a little announcement out of the way, Wee Wee Man. Would you like to uh, go into a deeper dive of your week in Hearthstone? Yes. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I was playing some Chad Warlock. And this deck has a ton of variations within it. Like, I know if you go on HS Replay, there's, like, one deck that's, like, for Chad, for Thaddeus Warlock. And it's... It's the one that um, you don't really have much of an early game. You kind of just have your um, kind of like removal spells. Um, and then from there on, you just have your stuff that helps you cheat out huge undeads, huge demons. And um, I was kind of going back and forth between this list, uh, like the one that was mainly focused on cheating out your big guys, and the uh, one that kind of mixed imps in with it. Um, so, like, in your early game, you had, like, the old imp stuff, um, like Fiendish Circle and um, I forget that lady's name, but the girl who gets plus one attack for every imp Librarian or something. Yeah. Something librarian. Yeah, something librarian. Fluster. Um, yeah. So I was, I was going between the two, uh, and... For sure, the one with imps. So so the weird thing was, whenever I was playing the one that had imps in it, it seemed like I was almost never, ever, ever, ever winning 
because of my big dudes. Like, every single game I played with that deck, it felt like I was just winning because I just was making big imps, and then I'd play Rafam, and then, you know, that just old imp stuff. So it didn't even feel like Chad Warlock. It just felt like, oh, here's this suboptimal imp deck because it's also running this other stuff that I'm never touching because I don't need to. Um, but it still wasn't good because there are a lot more, there are a lot better aggro strategies than imps right now. So it was kind of just a mediocre experience, I would say. So then I would switch back to the deck list that mainly focused on cheating out your big guys. And I actually had more fun with this deck because I was actually doing Chad Warlock stuff. Um, but it, it was extremely hard to win almost any aggro matchup because y you have at least in the list I was running, um, the main way that I could clear a board was with Defile. And that becomes very hard to do if your opponent starts making really big minions. So in a against aggro, it was kind of nice because a lot of times they did have like maybe something with two health, um, three health. So, you know, you could clear that. Um, and a lot of times I would have to play a tour guide so that I could get it to hit that uh, two health minion and then their three health and their four health. Like, it was, it felt like tour guide was kind of needed, um, especially against pure paladin because of divine shield. It's like if they all, if all their guys have divine shield, you have to get um, something to die on that first trigger. So um, playing tour guide and then defile would would do the job and i would clear boards like that against aggro but the problem is is like then after that you have like your turn after that you immediately have to play um a void caller or a amorphous slime but amorphous slime is a five cost and you know if you're clearing stuff you're probably clearing it on four i would think if you're against aggro um, so that so that does work actually, um, but uh, one one thing that I also struggled with with this deck was having uh, like uh, a void caller and then having no demons in my hand or having you know or or having an amorphous slime and having nothing in my hand like no demons no undeads and it's like well shoot I can't do anything, um, so it was it was kind of just like I said, a, sub, a subpar experience because it's like when you do, when the stars align and you get your amorphous slime out with a Thaddeus in your hand or something or you, you know, or any undead or um, even a void caller with your enhanced dreadlord, it feels really good and it feels like the deck is super strong because you're like, dang, I, I just got like a huge taunt guy out who's going to make me another guy when that dies and it it, it is good and it, it did win me games um i you know i even won a few aggro games where i was able to clear their initial board get a demon out and then uh things just kept synergizing like uh one card that is actually really good and in, in my opinion is the and i don't even know how to say it like the habeas corpses yeah that's um, right yeah it 
that card is so so huge because especially against aggro, if they're if they're trying to keep, if they're trying to keep playing minions, and you know they play something kind of threatening, it's like you can resurrect your enhanced dreadlord and um, and you know clear something, and then at the end of the turn it dies and creates that five five life steal, and that was always really cool. Um, I, I thought that card was really good, and uh, it was also. It was also cool to um, be able to use Symphony of Sins, and that was the main reason I wanted to play this deck because I I loved this card from the time I first saw it when it was being released, and uh, this is actually the first time that I got to play with it. So yeah. So there's a few questions I have for you. First, I've got a few questions about the Chad version, and I've only got one question for the Imp one, so I'll ask that one first. Regarding the Imp list, you said something along the lines of the imps are fine like you would win games with like Rafam, but like the imps are just worse than the like other aggressive strategies in the game right now so i'm wondering like because i'm picturing with imp you like pop off like with Rafam on turn six and like you have a board full of, like three threes or four fours and that seems like pretty good so like are the other aggressive strategies are they just able to answer that board or are they just able to get you before turn six or what makes it or were you just not getting Rafam super often, or what made this like worse than other aggressive decks? So I would say it was mostly that I wasn't getting Rafam uh, like often enough. So, um, like there were there was games when I would get him, and those games I would normally win unless. I was at a really low health total, and I let them have some guys out, or, um, or you know, they had a way to answer it somehow. But normally, he, at least in the aggro game, uh, in the aggro matchup, he would normally win me the game. But um, and and even in control, um, you know, if they didn't have an answer clear for him, if you play him like right on six, like that's really it's really strong but um yeah it uh it's kind of it's kind of just like here and there with Rafam cuz like i said there's there's times when you just don't get him and then you you kind of lose all your steam with the imps and uh and it it just it just really depends on on having him because you don't really. It, it feels like with imps you don't really have anything else to do. Like in the early game, you do your fiendish circle, and then uh, you know you have location, make one big guy. You know you you're pretty much just trying to infuse your stuff. Like you're you're trying to um, infuse your uh, what is it malicious uh, imp or whatever. Or the called. mischievous imps. Mischievous imp, yeah. You want to like infuse that. You just it just feels like the way that that the imp strategy works is that you just like keep you you, you keep being able to play like like a bunch of imps. Like you just you just keep having them because like the infuse like you play something for four that makes you three 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 imps, which is pretty good. And then you know at, at hopefully on six if you're lucky you'll be able to play Rafam and then that's strong, but other other decks just like uh like one I struggled with the most I would say is Frost Death Knight because um you know if 
if I'm going second, then my turn six, you know, if I don't save coin for turn five, then I'm playing Rafam, and then that's just like a board that is just literally has a sign on it that says, please frostworm me. And it's just, yeah, that was just, that was a rough matchup. And that deck just has removal. Like, it just simply has removal, too. So they just had ways to deal with it. Um, and I wasn't coming into contact with any Unholy Death Knights, unfortunately. I was kind of curious to see how that would play out, but I actually didn't experience any uh, through Diamond, so people just aren't playing that deck in Diamond, I guess, at least in my experience. Um, and then Pure Paladin just felt absolutely terrible because their stuff just gets so big. Like, with the buffs, it just gets big so quickly, and... Um, they just they with Liadrin, like if they have a turn with Liadrin and are able to clear your you know, some of your imps, then you're still not looking good. Especially if they are able to get out their light rays. So and in those ways is why I think the imps are just worse. Cause it's like it's just kinda it's it's almost too linear. It's just like you are just playing imps every turn and not really doing anything else. So it's like and other decks are giving their minions divine shield, they're buffing them, they're giving them death rattles, they're um, giving them rush, they have spells for removal, which like so does this deck, but you have like drain soul, and in the imp, in the imp deck you don't have the defile, so there's just not a whole lot for that strategy, it's kind of just relying on you getting to, to the point where you can pivot into playing your demons but I never really was able to play the deck that way because when I had enough steam with my imps I was able to just kill them with imps and if I ran out of steam with imps half the time I wouldn't even have stuff in my hand to do big demon stuff so or, or big undead stuff so it was just it's just it's just very uh inconsistent and like I just I just don't think it's very good can you get under the paladin with stuff like fiendish circle because like can a paladin really answer like four one ones or is it just like nothing you can do like um I mean it just it, it just comes out like kind of late but uh fiendish circle is good like I think the best your best bet with beating a pure paladin with um with the imp version of the chad warlock deck is by having fiendish circle on three and um you know maybe maybe also having your location out on turn two so that you can buff one of them and then i think that is a good way to get under them but they also just are probably gonna play like and then out pops the class action lawyer and she says one one <laughs> yeah exactly it's like there's just too much they can do. So, like, it's good, and it's definitely, like, it's good if you had your Defile because you could, like, get rid of one of their, like, Divine Shields, like, I don't know, like, adjust their health totals so that you can, like, clear their board or something, but it's n not really ever enough to um, to keep their board clear, which is what you really want to do with Paladin. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's, like, your best play, turn three against a Paladin, but it's still not really good enough because they're going to have that Divine Shield and their their Rush and their Weapon and all the other stuff, the the Lawyer. Like, they're just going to they're just gonna kind of negate what you do, even if you do have a lot of Imps. And then, you know, once you get to turn six, you can play Rafam, and that's pretty huge, but... 
Um, I've, I've never gotten to that point in a, in a Paladin matchup, so I can't really speak to it. All right, well, since Zemp Warlock is making you sound very sad, we'll move back to Chad <laughs> Warlock, so... Yeah, yeah, the imp one is definitely like I would just say if you're gonna if you're gonna play one of these decks, just play the Chad one. Like, there's like imps are just not like the, like they're they're fine. Like if you like imps for some reason, then go ahead. But I think it's more fun to just do the you know the 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 reason this deck is special is because you're cheating out big demons and big undead guys. So why play the version that has imps where? 90% of your games, you're just going to be playing imps. And you're you not said, you said if you like stuff. imps for some reason, are you not the man who like who likes <laughs> imps? I don't know. I used to like imps, but <laughs> they're just, just kind of like bad now. They're, That's they're fair. So you liked them because of uh, how they were useful, and now that they're not, you threw them away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a, a skeleton guy now. Damn, okay. Okay, so yeah. so then, my, okay, some Chad Warlock questions. First off, the most important question of all. Have you been able to cheat out Thaddeus using either any of the ways? Like, whether it's, like, you get him back with habeas corpses, you get him with an amorphous slime, you res him with the reanimator, you get him off the symphony of sins, reduce by six, or you get him from flesh behemoth, and then... While he's on odd, <laughs> played Alex Straza and then Zolad your Alex Straza and then played another Alex Straza to deal sixteen to them. <laughs> I I actually have. You have. I'm good. The yes. good. I am glad. Yes. I'm very glad. That was, that was actually the most fun I've had with this deck because I felt really big brain. I was just like, I was just yeah. I just Zolad the. Alex Straza and they, right, well, that's they conceded the most important before question. I play. When I played the Zola, they conceded. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what a perfect specimen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, and and the stuff you can do with Drathir too is super cool. Like just oh, like it, if only if you had up. ten mana and they were at twelve health, and you had two infantry reanimators in your hand, that could be kind of big. Yeah, yeah. Actually, funny story. I'm. I I like did that. I literally, I I, uh, I was playing against Private Merc and I was, um, I had the only undead I played was Drathir, and I had two in infantry reanimators in my hand, and it was I had ten mana, but <laughs> for some reason I literally played one reanimator and then I played my my fucking uh, Sun Fury clergy. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like heal and like also play this guy and like I'll heal for twelve and like and but he was at the funny thing is is he was at twelve life. So like I, I could have just played both and like lethaled him, but I, I just like didn't fathom that I had enough mana to do that for some reason. So like after my turn I was like, damn, yeah, I, if I got to next turn I could have played my other uh reanimator and he was like, Why didn't you just play both on that turn? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um. <laughs> and then he was like, bro, how was I ever legend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, how did I ever get legend? <laughs> I can't even, like, fathom that I had ten mana and two five-cost things that would have won me the game. Okay, <sighs> to, a, to a more serious yeah. question. To a more serious question. I legitimately am of the opinion that... This deck runs two Void Callers, and Void Caller is an insane card. You were never playing at this point, but there used to be a here. Let me link it for you. T go on your laptop right now. Type up, type up Doom Guard Hearthstone. Just Doom Guard Hearthstone, and okay. then find find that guy. You find him. 
For our listeners, mm-hmm. he's a five mana five seven charge, and his battle cry is to discard two random cards. This this used to be a demon you would cheat out with with uh, void color, so you didn't have to discard the cards. Um, oh, this is okay. one of many. There there have been many demons you cheat out with from the void I come. But where I'm going with this is, I am of the opinion that. It is not worth it to run a deck with two Void Callers when there's only three demons in the deck that you can cheat out, and one of them is not really that good. Can you speak to this? Um, to my opinion, and like, give me your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree, um, and that's why I think like it's so hard to say because. With the imp one, the the strategy they were doing was like, yeah, they got rid of all of the, they got rid of the void callers and the, and the you know the demons, and just had the undead stuff because the undeads are just they're stronger anyways, and um, like that's that's the stuff you really want to cheat out, but in the packet in the in the deck list where it's it's all just about cheating stuff out. And it's like, yeah, it checks out. Like, you can cheat out your demons or you can cheat out your own deads. And it's like in most of my games, I would try to cheat out a demon first just so I could develop board and, you know, hope that I would, you know, go into playing uh, cheating out undeads as well. And sometimes it would work like that. But I think, like, it just comes down to wondering, like, like what would you put in place of the stuff for cheating out demons, which I think is what people were trying with the imps, and I believe people were trying it with, I, I, and I could be completely wrong about abyssal this, but curses. I know there's like a yeah, people are like also trying. People are also trying abyssal curse them. I'm like, I think it's close. Like, I think if we had, I think if we had one more not legendary demon that was like really good and expensive, like if we could have, if we could have like five demons for that void caller to pull. But the fact of the matter is, right now. You need to draw one of those two enhanced dreadlords or Malganus, and Malganus is just not that good in a deck with so few demons. Like Malganus gets better the more demons you have, and right. the only if you're cheating him out with Voidcaller, you're just cheating out a solo Malganus, and he's just like sitting there, and he's like a nine seven. That's like big. He makes you immune, makes your hero power not deal damage. Like that's big too, but it's like that's that play's not gonna win a game. Like. Yeah, exactly, and that's and seven health is pretty easy to get through in today's meta. So yeah, and enhanced yeah, dreadlord's really really meta. good, and that's why I'm saying if we had one more, like if we had one more that we could run two copies of, and then void color could either pull enhanced dreadlord, it could pull our magical rainbow mystery card, or it could pull like Malganus. I think we'll be fine with that. But I just like I just I just don't think it's worth it to run a card that cheats stuff out. And I, I, I know the... I'm probably wrong about this. I know someone could probably name a deck in the meta right now where you run one specific card to cheat out one other specific card. But, like, it's not... Like, even the Void Caller cheating out the Dreadlord on four, that's also not... That's, like, huge, huge power swing. But it's not going to win you the game on its own. You still need to do other stuff. I feel like, at right. least. I haven't played the deck that much. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe against Aggro, if they can't answer that 5-5 five, five Lifesteal, maybe that does just wing you the game. Like, But I feel like even then, you probably need, like, a Habeas Corpses to make another one, and you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta seal the deal. Like, 
Yeah, like you gotta keep, and that's what's cool about like habeas corpses and uh, even um, infantry reanimator and stuff is just regenerating things because that that helps you close out the game. Like you you pick up steam by by you know playing that stuff initially, but then it has a few other things in the deck for you to. Um, to be able to just keep regenerating things because, like, you're probably going to get cleared and stuff. And Symphony of Sins is also just super cool. I've won games, like, by giving something 6-6, six, six, and uh, I've also won games by dealing 6 all characters. Like, Have you won games by drawing your most expensive card, making it cost 6 less, and then that card you draw, it becomes, like, a 4-cost Thaddeus, and then just having, like, a mega turn? Um, I have reduced Thaddeus and played him and then, like, put some dudes on board, and that has, like, won me games. So, yeah, Symphony of Sins definitely has. It's just such a good card. I always, like, against, um, I don't know if it's just, like, pent-up anger inside of me, but, like, every time I'm playing a Blood Death Knight or, like, a Control Priest, I'll just, if I see the the um symphony or or whatever it's called the <laughs> the mill uh, six envy, the mill yeah i'll just slam that and i'm like yeah like how do you like it <laughs> i, I feel like i, I just, feel like it's so unfortunate because in a world where in a world where like when we get a control warlock deck that actually works if that ever happens again that right there like a renathal control deck that making the mill six can be like game winning but currently, the only deck it fits into slow deck is Chad Warlock, and Chad Warlock actively, like, needs to run 30 cards to make the deck function. Like, you're already running, like, three demons, like we said. You need your, like, you need to draw your specific cards to cheat out your specific big cards. So even when you make them mill those six, I feel like even after they mill those six, they I generally, like, I've played a few games with this deck, I look over and they still have, like, ten more cards in their deck than me. Because you're still drawing a lot of cards with this deck as well. So I, I, yeah. I'm interested in the day where, we, we've had a card like that before, called uh, Ticketus for people that were around during, was that, that might, I think that was Madness of the Dark, Dark Moon Fair. Um... Yeah, it was Madness of the Dark Moon Fair. And that card, <laughs> it would single-handedly win those, like, Control Priest matches, but then, like, it was, like, the deck was just, like, always Tier 4. It was, like, unplayable, horrible deck, but, like, it had a really high play rate, kind of like Blood DK. It's like a Blood DK situation where, like, it had a super high play rate, but it was, like, really bad win rate, and it, like, only beat, like, Control Priest <laughs> or, like, other really slow decks, and it only beat them because you just made them mill 10. But, like, <laughs> I mean, some people just want to watch the world burn, so. Yeah, that's Warlock players, I feel like. <laughs> they definitely want to, they definitely just want to, like, watch the world burn. They're, uh, um, or, sorry, the... The the card, the Envy Symphony. What is it? Movement of Sim or Envy. Um, it would be cool if that was a like, what is it? A shadow spell? I think. I don't know if he rotated out, but the Dark Vein dude. Oh yeah, um, Lady Dark Vein. Yeah, Lady Dark Vein. If if you like, if that was like a shadow spell, that'd be so crazy. I, I don't know, know if just, any I'm of the, like, I, do any of the movements but, have. I'm not sure how that. I. Am not I think all the symphony. movements are like t 
typeless. All of them are typeless? I think so. Yeah, but I it definitely checks out. They probably, like, literally knew that, like, okay, if we give them this card and then make it a shadow spell, they could just... I can see some of them, like, uh, though. I can see, so, like, I could see, like... You're right, I looked it up, none of them are, but, like, you could see, I could see, like, the demon one being, like, fell or something, or I could see the wrath one being fire, like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that, like, you, there, you could, oh, yeah, never mind, if they made the wrath, like, if they made, (laughs) like, they make the deal six to their face and heal for six shadow, and then you Lady Dark Vein that and just heal for 18, deal 18 to them, I can see that being kind of (laughs) horrible. Yeah, Warlock would be tier one. For I mean, sure. hey, it needs it needs it, but it does, yeah. Um, I have, but, I have uh, one last question because I know you're you wanted uh, to move on to my deck section kind of soon, but I did have or if you had other things you wanted to say, that's fine. I just wanted to ask, did the did the biggest card of in Hearthstone, the big big boy, not the biggest card, but he's only a fifteen fifteen, right? Did did the thirty mana dude? Did he win you games ever? 30 mana dude? I don't think I ran him. He had the 30 mana dude in your sideboard. Oh, in uh, ETC. Um, yeah. I I actually uh, wasn't running him in my ETC. Oh, you were so not I running him in ETC. Yeah, I was, I was running um, the, the clergy and the, um, what was it, Warstrider, the... Clergy, War Strider, and what else? And uh, Jailer. Oh, and Jailer. So Jailer. I think I got those suggestions from like an maybe the two Vicious Syndicate reports ago. Um, Okay, that makes sense. And uh, I actually, I actually won with Jailer one time playing Jailer because I had, I had like everything in my hand that I wanted, and um, I knew that. I could I could win by just playing Jailer, so that was cool. Dang, but I was hoping you ran the thirty mana dude and you could tell us about him because I have not seen him play it ever. So, I mean, if it if it um, puts anything into perspective, I did not get through my deck very often in like any matchup. Um, yeah, I wasn't really wondering. Yeah. I wasn't really thinking of him from the zero mana perspective. I was more wondering like if there was ever a point where you just like grabbed him from the sideboard and then played him for like eight mana or something because even then he's still 15 15 taunt lifesteal i was just wondering if it ever did anything but you weren't running it so that is okay yeah unfortunately but um yeah even with him i think it's safe to say that this deck's uh pretty subpar as i've said a few times now so i would just I would say this is a deck like if you if you think that strategy is fun, you can definitely still win games with it. Um, but you're gonna be depending on a lot of a lot of different little stars aligning for you. So uh, if that's something you like, then I think that that could be a deck for someone out there. But it, it definitely wasn't something I really enjoyed a whole lot. Like you know, when the stars did align for me, it was. It was wonderful and it was really fun, but it just doesn't happen enough for you. It just doesn't feel like a deck that you should be trying to climb with, in my opinion, because there's a lot of factors, a lot of variables that 
determine the the outcome of the game for you. And if you want to climb, I feel like you got to try and pick a deck that is a lot more versatile than what Thaddeus Warlock provides. Or you could just be a Giga Chad and take it to Legend. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like there's people that take it to Legend because they're super big brained, but definitely feels like you can also just get like screwed over like a lot with like your draws like just not being able to cheat anything out and then you're just doing nothing for five turns and your opponent just lethals you on turn five i mean that sounds like a sustainable deck that sounds like a good deck (laughs) um but yeah i don't think there's anything else i want to mention um like matchup wise uh like as i said it was really tough um and uh, just to keep things simple, I'll refer to the see the strictly Chad version of this deck. No imps, no curses. And I would say it's very difficult to beat aggro, um, especially Frost Death Knight. Frost Death Knight is kind of horrible for you. Um, but uh, it's possible. It's possible against pure Paladin if you're able to get a huge defile turn and clear you know a lot of their things they were putting on board and then playing your demon demon guy your void caller um like i said unfortunately i didn't play any undead or unholy death knights um and i played a few totem shamans too and that also feels pretty terrible because they're um you know they don't have if they if they have a one cost out like it's probably gonna get buffed at some point um and that was my experience like they did have like a one one totem but then eventually they play i forget like the totem that just gives them all like a buff at the end of your turn um and then that's when things start to get out of your reach so i feel like in that matchup you you really have to stay on top of it because once once they start like getting their totems big and they start you know playing all their buff totems and stuff like that, you you've probably lost the game, because you know then you play Voidcaller and then they probably bloodlust on their turn and kill you, or you know whatever it is totem shamans do to kill you. Would uh, would Soulrend <laughs> would Soulrend make <laughs> Chad Warlock meta? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I totally can just see, not. like, they make a huge totem shaman board, and you're like, haha, I soul end, and you deal five to everything, and then you just watch your four cards get burnt, and it's like Drethir, Thaddeus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, I think could not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be bad. Dang. Oh, so. that's sad. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for that. But to, to give a little hope, like I said, I think it's still a fun deck, and it's... It's still a deck that you can win games with, so it's not all, not all is lost. But I think it needs some refining, and um, I'm sure people are still going to work to refine it. Oh, and I just realized that I I did tell you give you a summary about aggro matchups, but not control. And what I have to say about control is that this deck is actually pretty good against control, if you are able to. Um, get a lot of uh, regeneration going on because it feels like against control as long as you're able to keep making threats every turn um, eventually they're not going to be able to remove a threat and that's how you win Um, and that's how I was winning a lot of control games just by uh, just you know regenerating my my threats and uh, 
them not being able to clear them. So, uh, and, and plus you're getting stuff out. You're getting pretty big stuff out pretty early. So, I mean, against the Blood Death Knight, they have a lot they can do against like your your early stuff. And even, I mean, the silence feels absolutely atrocious against Control Priest even. But, um, you know, if they don't have that stuff, then you're golden. If you get your Void Caller or your, um, if you get pretty much any of your big stuff silenced with Priest, it's it's pretty bad. And especially if you haven't gotten anything to die, um, uh, like to trigger a death rattle, it just it just feels like you wasted a lot of your, a lot of your turns doing a whole lot of nothing. And like you can still regenerate those things. That um, doesn't affect that obviously, but it still just feels really bad. But I would say this deck is definitely more easy to play into control than it is aggro. Well then, if that's all you have to say about your decks, then we can move on to the decks that I played this week. And if I had to summarize uh, the decks I played this week, I would say uh, the Menagerie is Fear the Pure only. <laughs> and then I would draw five cards. <laughs> because yeah, um... the Purator is going to get nerfed soon. <laughs> Do you have HS Replay up on your computer, Wee Wee Man? I do. Let me look at Pure Paladin. You should. You should do Pure yeah, Paladin. Yeah, the Purator, that nice sixty-six point three percent. The mul <laughs> the Mulligan win rate. Win rate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If you look at certain lists, and you if you do Diamond through Legend, do Diamond because that's what that's what applies most. What do you see there? Is that still what you see? I see sixty-six point four. So it's literally. Even it's literally better at legend. What? <laughs> it doesn't it's even so make good. sense. The list I'm looking at, the list I played with the order and the core and stuff, he's he's at a seventy percent mulligan win rate. Wow. So that's incredible. Yes, sir. So yeah, so uh, the Purator will be getting nerfed because okay, how do I even start? I know I told you guys I'd play Hunter last week, but um I did play some honor and I can still talk on that a bit, but uh when the Menagerie is for the pure only, that means Hunter it doesn't get played. That means Pure Paladin gets played, because Pure Paladin is ridiculous. And I think maybe I'm just a dirty guy, because I also played Unholy Death Knight on our first episode, because Unholy Death Knight was just so good in the meta, just dominating the meta. And now I'm playing Pure Paladin, because Pure Paladin's a meta stomper. But honestly, these strategies are like... I think both of these decks are really fun, especially... With the addition of this off-board package that Pure Paladin got, and that's what makes Pure Paladin so good. So, historically, when we talk Pure Paladin, first off, the Pure stuff launched in, like, Nathria. Not Nathria. Yes, Nathria, because that was Countess. And it was Tier 4, and I still played Countess anyway, because I liked that card a lot. But, like, Pure Paladin was not playable. And then... I forget what cards launched that made it playable. I think Order in the Court was the first thing that really uh, made Pure Paladin, but I think it might have been good before that. But anyway, it was the first time. When Pure Paladin was good, it was because, initially, you would Order in the Court into Countess and Blood Crusader, right? Like, you would either get Countess out on 6 or the Blood Crusader, or sometimes I even got it out on 5, 
because you'd, you'd use the three drop that would draw you the spell. You'd, you'd play the order in the court. Sometimes you'd already have a light ray. and you'd, you'd The goal was just... Your early board didn't matter that much. Sometimes your your Vindicator would draw you the Seal of Blood, and you were like, okay, I guess I just gotta be a dump my hand, kill them right now deck. But most of the time, you would be going for the Countess, just trying to like play the Countess as fast as possible. And just like, you weren't really super, super, like, all about the board, unless you didn't really draw your late game stuff, and you were like forced into an aggressive playstyle through the Vindicator. But, and then time went on, um, and you could either then, like, like it's it's kind of just like the reason Pure Paladin is so good now is because you still have that Countess game plan, and we run one order in the court now, although it's really not necessarily for Countess, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, you have the early game board package with like sin with the disco mall, the simple sous chef, the sanguine soldier, the, the liadrin, the boogie down. You have like one of the best early games in the game, contested probably only by by unholy DK, and you have the huge refresh with Purator, where like you just did your huge early game. You simple, you got all your one drops. You broke a disco mall. You made your sanguine soldier an eight seven. She smiled, said bloody day, and then you just refill your entire hand with the Purator. And the cards you're drawing are free light rays, Anachronos, Leviathan. Like the cards you're drawing are crazy late game cards. Like if you somehow do ever manage to lose the board and you're like board's getting beat down. You just slam an 8-8 Anachronos, and then they just are like, wow, my board's gone for two turns, you know, I don't really want to develop a board, because I want my stuff back. You have Leviathan to find specific stuff, and you have the Countess, so you still have that Countess win condition, you have the Purator stuff, the huge turbo draw, you have the Mega Early Game, and you can just OTK them from hand now, with this new Horn of the Windlord Wind Fury weapon we got from the mini set. I, on turn 7, on turn, I was playing against a Spell Demon Hunter. They healed, they were at 30 life. On turn 6, I equipped the weapon and hit them twice down to 24 life. And I was like, the only way they don't die here is if they play a Bound Soul to get an Arcanist and then play two Unleash Fells to my face to heal to 30. They did not do that because I was pure paladin and I had no minions on the board. So that would have been a horrible play. And then the next turn I played Katori Lightblade with a free light ray. And then I played two for Keltha losses and a feast and famine. And I hit their face twice for 14 each for 28 damage. And like, you can just, you can just, you just kill them from their from full life with with this six drop weapon so whereas before you kind of were like all right i'm either all in on the board or i'm going countess and barring crazy high rolls from countess most of the stuff you're getting off countess is at the end of the day also going to be board based like i said unless you get like king crush or something crazy that ends them like even then that's still a board-based threat that if they don't just die the turn you play it, if they answer it, your board's gone. Barring the crazy Countess stuff, you're entirely board-based deck, where if they answer your board, you kind of just can't do anything. But now, you can. Now you can uh, kill them from 30 life, which is too good.
because killing someone from 30 life on turn 7, it's like, I don't even, I'm not even particularly fond of it in something like Spell Demon Hunter or like something along those lines, but at least Spell Demon Hunter doesn't mess around and is like, hey, my entire deck is just about playing Lady Steno and dealing 30 damage to you. Pure Paladin has like the second best board centric game plan in the deck in the game, in my opinion. Like you, you, you beat Totem Shamans. In my experience, you, you really only lose to Unholy DK, and even then, you just lose the early game bout. You have all of those other routes available to you still. Yeah, that that's one one of my questions actually. Like, I know reading the Vicious Syndicate report, Zacho was saying that this this deck pretty much has no weaknesses at this point to exploit so i'm wondering with the experience like you've had playing this deck is there anything you picked up on while you were playing it where you're like this this could be a weakness like is there anything you could see like um from piloting the deck where things could go wrong for you or um yeah i mean how solid is this deck like the deck's not the deck's not unbeatable like the deck like i was saying i think i think an unholy dk that's got a massive brain might be able to to like make a big uh make a big board just like keep you off the board and then even when you do play their weapon hey if unholy dk plays in one a bunch of one three nerubian swarm guard taunts like if you're weaponing those, you're taking extra damage. Like, uh, so, Unholy DK could stand a chance. Um, Mage can kind of just keep uh, solid alibying and doing that type stuff. But really, the decks that, really, the class that can take down Pure Paladin is Demon Hunter. And that's like Spell Demon Hunter and Outcast Demon Hunter. Outcast Demon Hunter just can beat this deck. Like, they can just take the board, really just like play rush dudes, you know, uh, do the outcast stuff. I guess, let me look at a list real quick. What specific stuff are they doing to me? If they can get a rancher down and make it stay, like you're never getting the board back ever. Like you're just not, it's just not happening because they're just always going to have more bodies available. And if they can go on wretched exile chains. Like they have stuff like wretched exile, the rancher and Stano where and, and Halveria, where any of these things, if they play them and they stay for a turn, you just lose. And Paladin does not really have a lot of ways to remove something from the board if they don't have something on the board. So Outcast right. can take it down, and Spell Demon Hunter can kind of just do the classic, either just play Steno, combo him, or play Steno and be like, hey, you're not going to be able to remove this Steno because it's not turn six yet, so you can't play the hammer and or play the wind fury weapon or just arcanist fell your board and then combo you later so demon hunter can can take down pure paladin pure paladin's not like ungodly or like unbeatable nothing you can do matters it wins no matter what like it has matchups it loses but it like definitely deserves a nerf and we'll get a nerf because uh if a five cost card has a 70 percent win rate in the mulligan and legend uh that's uh, and it's a five cost card and an aggressive uh, air quotation mark in an aggressive deck. So like, you know, there's something amiss there. And and what it what Purator does is it creates a bridge. Purator is like, hey man, you can still just like go hard in the paint on turns one through four with all your super aggressive stuff and just dump your entire hand. But as long as I'm chilling here in your hand, 
I'm gonna draw you that Leviathan and Anachronos, and it's like, oh, did they take the board? Did they clear all your stuff and they made a board? We can Anachronos. Oh, do you still have the board and they played one or two threats and you need to push past those threats and hit face with your board? Oh, you have Leviathan, because it's a mech and a dragon. Oh, do you just want more bodies because you're a board deck and you want to deal more damage? Here's two free light rays off the Purator. The Purator draw is very curated stuff. Haha, <laughs> curated, curator, purator. Ah, you don't know what the curator <laughs> is. Have you seen the curator? I think I might have shown you that to card once. But anyway, you have specific things. You put, like, we didn't run Leviathan and Anachronos in pure decks really before. Like, they were run sometimes, occasionally. But they're very specifically put into this deck because of their synergy with the Purator. And the ability to stabilize, react to a specific situation, and pivot into Horn of the Windlord, into a bunch of buff spells and finish them off. So, it's a really a very... It's really a very, like, deadly deck. It's like looking at, like, a killer animal in the wild where you, like, gotta appreciate, like, it's how swiftly it executes the kill. It just kind of has a plan for anything. Yeah, it seems very, very efficient in doing every. Like, I mean, for a deck that has as many different routes as it does, it's like, it, it, it is very, it just seems so finely tuned, even though it's probably not even finely tuned yet. It's like, it's like it, it, like with the Purator, like you said, how you can just, if you have the Purator, like you just don't even have to worry about dumping your hand because you can just easily just play that to pivot into your next thing. And it, it having taunt is even nicer. Like I, I honestly think like a good nerf, if they're going to nerf Purator, like if they don't want to mess with the card draw it provides, like just getting rid of that taunt because... That's just, like, super annoying. It's like, here, let me, like, reload and, like, get a bunch of, like, cards in my hand. And also, I'm just going to put up a huge taunt that, like, you're going to have to get through if you want to try to kill me this turn before I start playing all my cracked stuff, you know? And I just think that's crazy. But uh, one other thing you mentioned, like, you brought up uh, Solid Alibi and how a mage can just play a bunch of Solid Alibis. And it makes me wonder, like, how how is pure paladin still just like i mean based on the numbers on hs replay how is it still just annihilating um how is it still like annihilating mage because it's like or i guess not like annihilating let me look here to be exact what is it doing to mage it is it is winning pretty i mean yeah so i'm in the 60s burn mage is at 55 and that's the one i'm thinking of like with Burn Mage, I mean, eventually you're gonna you're gonna do your Vex list and just send a bunch of spells at their face, or, or you know, like you know, play like a Aegwin minion, and do a bunch of spells at their face. And it makes me wonder like how that matchup isn't harder for the pure paladin, because it's like if I was if I knew I was playing against a pure paladin and I knew how much, you know, that they had the pure raider and that they could just dump their hand and that I'm just gonna be dealing with threat after threat, I would just be like, alright, I'm just going to try and generate as many solid alibis as I can, so when it gets to the point where they they play the the Horn of the Windlord and, you know, try to blow my face off, I can just, like, solid alibi until I'm ready to kill them. And it's, it's not like Paladin has much life gain or, like, armor, like, it doesn't have any armor gain, I don't think. So Spooky so Mage, like, so Spooky Mage is... I, th I believe Spooky Mage is 
good against Pure Paladin. Like, Spooky Mage, I think, the control variant, I think, with all your solid alibis and control tools, I'm pretty sure that deck can beat Pure Paladin. Burn Mage, that is a much easier explanation. Burn Mage, unless you have a nutty hand, is not really able to deal 30, unless you have a really good hand, or unless you have, like, it's, like, 9 or 10 mana. And Pure Paladin yeah. can just very easily insta-heal to 30. You just equip the weapon, and then you just get play the Feast and Famine, and then literally mm, the I weapon with Feast that. and Famine is just healing yeah. for 12. That just heals for 12. So right. Burn Mage requires that early game chip damage to pivot into, hey, they're at 18, they're at 15, I can finish them off with spells, and Pure Paladin uh, beats the Mage on the board and then also heals back up to 30 life. So Right. Yeah, in that case, you would have to, um, you would have to have five arcane spells and, um, and Vexilis, so that would be ten mana, so you'd have to do that, but, yeah, it seems like Solid Alibi, though, is a pretty good card against this, because, I mean, that weapon is just terrifying, <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy that you can just... The weapon itself is that not that bad, but if you put Feast and Famine and, and... For Kel'Thalassin. For Kel'Thalassin, this isn't even that great. It's definitely Feast and Famine's the cracked one. One Feast and Famine says the weapon deals 12, heals for 12. Two Feast and Famine says the weapon deals 15, heals for 15. Or no, not even, like 18, right? 8, yeah. 16? 16? 16. Heal for 16. Like, the For Kel'Thalassin is good. Those plus twos, especially with Katori, which makes it plus four, like, those come in handy. But, but you're not running Katori, right? Well, certain lists do run Katori. Okay. Do you do you recommend running Katori, or do you think that? So it's it's give and take. The problem that some people were thinking is like if you run if you run one order in the court, it ensures that you'll draw like Countess if you already played Purator, because that means there's no Light Rays, Anachronos, or Leviathan left. So if you play Order in the Court, it ensures you'll draw Countess, and then after that you're going to draw your Horns. But the problem is if you haven't drawn your, like, uh, Feast and Famine or your uh, For Kel'Thalas yet, they're going to be at the bottom of your deck. So if you know you're going to go up that route, like, you can save your Leviathan after you've Order in the Court, and then uh, you, you can dredge the Feast and Famine up because the Feast and Famine will be at the bottom of your deck. And, like, you'll probably have played your one-drops either by just playing your one-drops or by playing Boogie Down. So you're pretty, pretty guaranteed to find a Feast of Famine on the bottom of your deck with the Leviathan Dredge. So, right. uh, But it's Seems give and like take. It's give and take. It could be good. Yeah. It could be. It is good. But, like, also, Katori can come in useful comboed with those. combo with either... Uh, for Kel'Thalas loss for the late game burst or for hand of a doll for just extra card draw uh, so either right. way can go like neither's bad um, it's really up to just your preference okay um, is there any other stuff you wanted to cover with pure paladin or yeah play this deck before it gets nerfed cause like the best deck in the game and it's not even close and it's also very different from older variants high legend players are playing this deck historically when high legend players have never been interested in pure paladin and i do believe that a part of that of course is the deck's high win rate 
like legend players are always going to be flocking to the high win rate decks like i do i do that because like they want to win because winning is fun that's how games work but i think another part of it is just this deck is fun and this deck is like has many different ways you can go about it like doing counter stuff is fun playing the leviathan's fun having a huge light ray turns fun and yes however terrible it may make you feel when you play that horn of the wind lord and you win fury their face for 16 you can't close your eyes and say that you don't feel like you're holding a doom hammer and you're playing like an old shaman deck so yes <laughs> that is also fun so i mean yeah and like you were saying earlier it's like you don't just insta lose when you don't have a board now like this deck is way more versatile with these changes yeah and another card i like in this deck is muckborn servant like i just kind of love that card's fun like discovering any paladin stuff like discover its reaction like you can you can like most of the time i'm gonna be honest with you if you see it for if you see it for Kelthalos, you're probably gonna take that because it's just more Horn of the Windlord buffs. But in the instances where you don't get attack for your hero, like for, um, like Discover is is an, Discover is just a really fun, interesting mechanic that allows you to react to the type of deck your opponent's playing and to the type of situation you're in. And I like it. And like when you see Muckborn Servant in this deck, you should be like, oh. Okay, yeah, this is, like, different than older Pure Paladin lists. Pure, older Pure Paladin lists, why would you run a 2-4 taunt? That's, that is a, that, that discovers. It doesn't progress your board. It's a defensive statted body to attack 4 health. It has taunt. This deck isn't, isn't all in on that, like, super aggressive play style. Like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's more of a, you want to get to above anything else Horn of the Windlord. Like, that's the win condition you're trying to go for. You can win through Countess. You can still win through board. But, yeah, it's just, the deck is the deck is fun, and it's different from Pure Paladin. Pure Paladin changes a lot, and I, I like this variant a lot. And it will be it will be nerfed. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't fret. <laughs> this deck will be changed. But as of now, it's by far the best deck in the game, and a deck that I think is really, really fun. So I think people should play it now while they have the chance. Awesome. Right, well, uh, the other deck I yeah. played this week was Spell Demon Hunter. So yeah, yeah. Talk about Spell Demon Hunter. So, um, if I had to summarize, Pure Paladin is uh, the menagerie is for the pure only. Spell Demon Hunter would just be Steno saying drown, and then like twelve times, and then your opponent conceding because this deck is just Lady Steno the deck. You you actually can't really win in any other way other than Ladies Theno. So it's a spell DH deck. You run Ladies Theno, Abusive Sergeant, and Silvermoon Arcanist, and the Scythe. And generally, you're going to want to try to like get to turn 6, where you can Silvermoon Arcanist unleash Fell their entire board. And then after you've done that, just like uh, get into a, either just a Steno turn, if you can just get away with it, just kill him with Steno. Uh, or Steno Abusive Sergeant if you need that additional damage burst. Throughout the early game, what you're going to be wanting to look to do is you want Glaive Tar in your starting hand, you want Illidari Studies, you really want Feldawai Warband and Mark of Scorn. Yeah, you want Security and Spectral Sight, but only if Security and Spectral Sight are 
the far left card in your hand, or it's, like, the middle card, but, like, Mark of Scorn or something's on your left, like, something that you know you're gonna want to play early, like, not, like, a freaking, like, a Dispose of Evidence or something. Like, you, you don't just always keep Security and Spectral Sight. They're situational keeps, depending on where they are in your hand. And you don't, like, keep anything else. You don't keep Taste of Chaos. You certainly don't keep Chaos Strike. Like, you keep the cards I said, and those are the ones that you want. Uh, you spend the early game, like, you generally are always just gonna hero power on one. There's never a world where you... You don't want to Illidari Studies on one. Like, you don't. I promise. I promise. I'm not lying to you. You don't want to do it. I promise that the thing you want to do with this deck is not Illidari Studies into that one mana, one, one, draw a card. I promise that's not what you want to do. But What is the biggest reason for that? Is that because you want to save it for Steno, or is it because you just want to play reactively? Um... You don't really want to see, you can save studies for Steno, it's just the cards that you want with this deck, you want either Security or Spectral Sight, or like, um, yeah, it's like Security, Spectral Sight, you could take I-Beam to react, but like, you're not, you, you just, like, this deck doesn't want a 1-mana one 1-1, one. this deck's all about managing your resources, and you don't have, like, much damage to your opponent's face other than like glaive tar falderai warband like you need to make every card count and like your eldar studies can be it could be anything it could be a security it could be a spectral sight to draw two it could be like you can wait to turn two you can you like you said you can react you can grab an eye beam you can you don't you don't want to use this to draw one card because this deck takes some time to build up because you got to get to that point where you can do your big combo so you can afford to pass that first turn to hold off for just do a hero power and hold off to spectra to Eldar study something much better on turn two as opposed to taking something suboptimal on turn one okay and yeah, you kind of just, you sit back, you draw through your whole deck, and you discover things that are relevant for the matchup, and then you eventually, yeah, you Arcanist Fell, and if you don't need Arcanist Fell, you just Theno, and you kill them. The deck can be schnasty, the deck can just kill them on, like, turn 5 or 6, if you draw, like, a crazy, like, just, like, Steno, and then, like, a bunch of zero-cost stuff, you can just win really early. Generally, you're not winning super early, though. Like, generally, like, I'd say, like, turn 7 maybe like yeah like i'd say generally turn seven you're happy about turn seven maybe eight but you're probably not gonna win if you're taking it any later than that so but it's hard because like this deck is nowhere near straightforward it's one of the like according to the data like most high skill testing decks in the game right now where it's like it's like 47 something at like diamond five and then it like top legend it goes up to 52 with like some changes along the way obviously but it's like a it's like a huge skill gap in between diamond to top legend and i'm terrible with this deck i've lost so many games with this deck and lost so few games with this deck and it seems like the game plan should be so simple it's like i just got to get to this point i got to play my stuff got to draw my cards but i keep i always get to points where i'm like well i need to kill some of their minions here and then when it time comes time where it's time for steno it's like or it's time we're like, oh, I have a Feast of Souls in my hand, but I've played both of my Warbands because I thought that keeping their board clear was, like, a good play. And it was a good play. It seemed like a good play. But, like, it probably would have been better to just take a bunch of damage and then 
set up for a, a unleash fell turn or just wait so I could warband into ta into on uh, the feast of souls to draw a bunch of cards. So it's like if you if you make the wrong choice, that's what like ends up making you lose the game. And sometimes it's really hard to see that it's the wrong choice because sometimes you do just like pass almost. I feel like, but yeah. So I'm looking at some of the matchups, and it looks like one of the worst matchups for this deck I'm looking at, uh, Diamond Through Legend, is Blood Death Knight. And so that makes me wonder, if you're mainly killing your opponents, or only killing your opponents with Steno, um, that makes me wonder, like, how much damage is Steno doing? Um, like, how much damage can you get Steno to do um, on average? Because I'm, I'm fi I figure that the Blood Death Knight matchup is hard because they're probably, you know, at a pretty high health total. So, I mean, can you speak to that? Is that, like, kind of the... Do you think that's why that matchup might be so rough for the spell Demon Hunter? Or I can't give, like, an, I can't really give you, like, an average number of how much damage Steno's dealing because you're not really playing Steno unless it's killing them. So, like, you could wait until, like, really late if they keep healing and then Steno them for a bunch once you've got all your pieces. Or you could, like turn two Marg of Scorn into, like, turn four Glaivetar into turn five Faldori Warband their face and hit them twice with the Glaivetar and then they're, like, 16, and then you could kill them with Steno. They're, like, so there's not really an average amount of damage because you're never really playing Steno unless it's killing them. So, and Steno can deal a lot of damage. Like, you can get Steno with the Sergeant and go, like... Through the Felm Flames, twice, Dispose of Evidence, twice, Predation, twice. You can cast, like, ten spells, and each time you cast one of those, then it's dealing four, and some of those spells deal damage. You can deal, like, 40, 50, 60 damage with this deck with, like, a huge hand, but the problem isn't... The problem isn't that... It's more... The Blood Death Knight's not just sitting there. The Blood Death Knight's knows what you're trying to do and it's going to continuously keep putting things on board and keep pressuring you a lot of blood death knight stuff has four health you got nerubian vizier you got ghost rider you got the three six too like uh you they banshee and they uh vampiric blood and it's like you have to double arcanist fell that if you because if you don't double arcanist fell that or like have an i-beam or something you're trading stuff into that uh into that banshee so and right. they're just getting more stuff and they're healing off of it so the problem is yes blood death knight gets a ton of health and makes it like really hard to actually deal enough damage but while they're doing that they're also developing a board and that board if you don't clear it is going to eat like all of your steno attacks so that matchup yeah that matchup right. sucks like yeah it's not fun and, and it's bad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, I mean, mostly those two, to be honest. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Because I was, yeah, I was, I was just trying to think of, like, because as someone who hasn't played the new spell Demon Hunter, and, you know, that it is just mainly Steno, um, that does seem like, you know, any kind of board, especially. I mean, Lifesteal, I guess, doesn't matter if, um, with Steno, because she's immune when she attacks, but... Um, still just seems like yeah, those but like if they if they play that banshee, does they play the banshee on like five or they even play it on seven in blood? Like if they play the banshee, 
basically. You need to spend at least two spells to kill that, whether it's, like, Warband and, like, Taste of Chaos, or whether it's, like, I-Beam, Arcanist Fell, like, you basically need to expend either two spells to kill that thing, or it needs to be your Steno turn, because, like you said, Steno's immune, and most of the time, unless you're, like, lucky, the turn that they play Banshee is not the turn that you're, like, gonna be able to just do your Steno turn and kill them. Because, like I said, if you're playing Steno, it needs to be the turn you win the game. Because once you've played Steno, like, that's... Your deck's done. Right. Okay. So, if you don't have any other questions, I don't have a ton else to say about Spell Demon Hunter. Okay. Um, I guess just out of curiosity, what do you think's more fun uh, out of the two you played? Spell Demon Hunter makes me feel a lot smarter when I get win a game with it, cause like it's really really hard to play. But I Pure Paladin's more fun. Okay. So cool. I'm actually gonna flip a coin, cause now I don't know. I mean, I guess I yeah. should just play Spell Demon Hunter, cause like I'm pretty sure Pure Paladin is just gonna make Chad Warlock feel horrible. So yeah, it's not. I'll play spell. I'll play spell. De- I'll play spell demon hunter and probably also not win, but that's okay. Nah, you'll probably you, you got it. No, yeah. no, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear Steno say it. <laughs> Drown. Drown. All right. Okay. Well, then we're going to transition into the game part of the podcast, and I'm going to bid thee farewell, wee-wee man, as I mute you. Mute myself. Alrighty. Alright, good luck. Good luck, gamer. Private Merc's point of view. Alright, so we're going to be taking that spell demon hunter into battle against wee-wee man's Chad Warlocks. This is going to be interesting, because I feel like we're going to reach a point in this game where we're going to have to, like... Our Steno turn's gonna coincide with, like, probably a pretty big board of demons or undead, so. They're gonna be a very interesting matchup. I don't think we're gonna really be able to, like, early enough just. just kill them without him being able to develop anything at all. And I think this matchup might be one of Chad Warlock's few slightly, slightly, slightly favored matchups for that reason. Because some resources will have to be expended on those bodies and especially the 5-5 five, five taunt we don't have a real or the 5-5 five, five lifesteal sorry that spawns off the taunt we don't have a real answer for that that is one card we have that's answered with like two cards so okay so we're going first we see arcan from left to right unleash fell i beam spectral sight spectral sight's in the far right which is sad so we probably just got to toss everything because we don't really want i beam or fell in this matchup and we get back and Illidari studies a taste of chaos and threw the fell on the flames. So that's not great. The threw the fell on the flames is pretty bad in the mall again. The taste of chaos is pretty not great in this matchup. And the studies is good for turn two. Hopefully it shows a spectral sight because we need some card draw here. The taste of chaos and through the fell on flames are not going to cut it in this matchup. It's good to know we have a Through the Fell and Flames for when the time comes where we'd like it, but, um, like, we're not, we're not crazy about the sand for sure. 
We get our little cool little scythe animation. And we draw a bound soul. What does he run in his sideboard? He said he runs jailer, healing, and uh something else. I'm wondering if we just play the bound soul. I think we can hear a power face here. We don't need to play the bound soul just yet. So we're hoping to see Spectral Sight from this study. So if we don't see Spectral Sight, I guess we take security. Um, security does just get answered by Defile on turn two, but I guess if he's Defiling on turn two after we play some tokens, we're not like too upset about it. So we'll just have to see what happens. He passes. Draw Mark of Scorn. I think I'm okay with just Mark of Scorn in here. I think Mark of Scorn is fine in this situation. We could try and hold on to this Illidari Studies for, like, uh, the dude that bounces back to hand. That's pretty specific, though. We'll Mark of Scorn. And we draw an Unleash Fell, which isn't great, but... He Hero Power Pass. And... We draw an Eye Beam... I guess we'll play the Illidari Studies here, because we don't have any other plays. We see a Security, a Wayward Sage, and a Fierce Outrider. We'll Security Hero Power here. And if he defiles here, like, he defiles here. It'd be sad, but... I also wouldn't be surprised. Hmm, he's thinking. What's he got here if we just drop a Steno? Like, if we just dropped a Steno and said go, he would have to have Drain Soul and Defile. He'd need to have two Drain Souls. He coins out a Void Caller, which is not great for us. We draw a Dispose of Evidence. We're going to take a Steno from the Bound Soul, and we're probably just going to go face with everything. Okay, so we go face with everything, and he's down to 19, and we have a Steno in our hand. Kind of need more card draw, though. Like I'm thinking, if we place Theno, he could just have answers though. Mm -mm. Oh, and now he we're going into turn five. Oh, what's he gonna do here? He's gonna defile here. He goes face of his three four, and he defiles. And killing my two one, my three one ones, and putting his void caller to a three two. And we draw a Chaos Strike. Um, we'll just go face with the Chaos Strike. Probably, right? Yeah, we'll go face with the Chaos Strike. And we draw a Predation. What could he do here? The worst thing you could do is, like, Symphony of Sins and make that 3-2 Void Caller massive. That would be the worst thing he could do here. Let's see what he does. He plays an Amorphous Slime and discards a Flesh Behemoth. That's pretty bad, too. We draw a Faldori Warband, a Faldori Warband. I'll just go full face with that Faldori Warband. And Hero Power, and then we're gonna 
We're gonna hit face real quick, and we're gonna taste of chaos that three-two void caller. Ooh, and he he gets out a mount. It pulls out a mount Ganus. Interesting. Hmm. We will not trade with any of our stuff here. Hmm. This is kind of tough because Malganus we got to get through now because he's immune. That slime is going to give him a flesh behemoth. And that flesh behemoth is probably going to pull a Thaddeus. Oh, this is horrible, actually. I don't know if we win these. I mean, what could the flesh behemoth pull? Let's see. Draw another undead. It could pull, like, Drathir, I guess. And that wouldn't be horrible, but it would still be bad. Hmm. He Fenleys. Fenleys away five cards, and... One of them's Coil. He kills one of my 1-1s. One -ones. Five cards in hand, four mana. The rope's burning, and he goes full face. Well, I think we're just going to go for it here. Hmm. This is tough. Dang it, found him Thaddeus. Unfortunate. He gets that game. Wee-wee man's point of view. Alright, so we are queuing up some Chad Warlock. Um, I have like 10 Warlocks in my uh, collection here, so I'm hoping that I picked the right one right now. If not, we're going to have to restart. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm picking the one right now that has the... Uh, that that is just the cheating out big dudes. So let's see what we get. Alright, so we drew a habeas corpses, enhanced dreadlord, infantry reanimator, and an amorphous slime. So I can looking at this, um, I can either keep the enhanced dreadlord and hope that and throw away the rest and hope that I get a Void Collar. Um, I don't think I want to keep the Enhanced Dreadlord with the Amorphous Slime because those don't synergize at all. And I could just draw two random spells or minions that don't, um, don't you know, either, I either need a Void Collar for the Enhanced Dreadlord or an Undead for the Amorphous Slime. So... I kind of just have to make a decision here what I want to do. Um, I think against spell, I want to just try, especially with the coin, I want to just try to get an undead out as soon as possible. So I'm just going to keep the amorphous slime and throw away the rest and hope maybe I get some kind of undead in my hand. All right. And apparently the version I'm playing right now just runs the Jailer. Um, so I have a Jailer in my hand, a Void Caller. Um, Defile and uh, the Amorphous Slime. So it was a bad idea to throw away the Enhanced Dreadlord. I should have kept the Enhanced Dreadlord, but that's the thing with this deck. You don't, you don't like. It's all up to chance. Like I don't know what I'm going to 
uh, draw into. Um, and I drew, uh, so on his turn, he hit me for one with his hero power, and I drew a Reverbiations. So I'm just going to end my turn because there's nothing I can do. I could coin in hero power, but like I'm not bad. So, so at this point, I'm really hoping that I draw a demon. Um, just since I have the void caller, I can get that out earlier than the amorphous slime. Um, but an undead would be nice too. Um, so I'm just gonna hero power, taking me down to 24 after his mark of scorn, and I draw another amorphous slime, sitting at eight cards in hand. Um, next turn. I'm going to uh, probably scourge, scourge supplies just to try and get something that I need, whether it be a undead or a demon, because if I don't get those things, then I'm not in great shape. So he plays a security and hits me for one. Um, and now I've got a Malganus. So I have... The, huh, okay, I have a, I have a play that I could make here. I could also defile all of his 1-1 one, one, uh, rush guys, but I don't think that's what I want to do here. So if I coin out my Void Caller this turn... That gets rid of my coins. The next turn, I need a turn four play. And I don't really have one besides hero power, defile, um, unless I draw, you know, four cost. And I'm sure he can easily deal with a Malganus. So I am going to coin out my Void Collar here, but I'm going to hope that he doesn't kill it. Or, or if he does killing my void caller uses up most of his mana um so that he can't deal with my male ganus right away so that you know that's nine damage i can do to him which would be nice um but like private merc said Malganus doesn't really feel too great uh he's just okay so yeah that's i, I assumed he would just go face um and he left two mana up. Um, so here I could defile. Um, could defile. I could swing face. Or if I trade, that takes my Volt Caller down to a three health. Still not going to die. Still not going to give me my Malganus. Um, so what I think I'm going to do here is hmm you know what I think I'm just going to go face with it um and then I'll defile cuz I don't want to take any more damage and I could hero power here but it's getting to the point where I'm getting worried that I'm going to take myself to a low enough health total that he just is able to lethal me with Steno so I'm I'm getting kind of concerned here. So I did not hero power. I'm going to leave two mana up. And he plays a Chaos Strike. Draws a card. And he's going face. 
Nah, it's turn. So now I have an, a flesh behemoth that I just drew. So I guess I'll just play an amorphous slime. And then... Um, one thing that's nice is that if he ever does get his Thanos stuff going, um, he's going to have to get through a lot of stats. But he's doing perfectly fine chipping me down without like anything. Like He just played a uh, Fildori Warband. Um, and now he's Taste of Chaos on my Void Collar, which finally kills it, and I get my Malganus out. Um, so it's nice that my hero's immune, I guess. Um, I kind of hate that he has all that, all those, uh, Rush guys out right now. So what I th think, what's tough right now is... I want to try to look for some sort of healing, and I have Sir, Sir Finley in my hand, so I could play Sir Finley and see if that gets me to my like, like some of my drain souls, so I can heal a little bit. Um, but I could also be risking that my, um, you know, all of my undeads are at the bottom, and then I draw all my undeads, and then my flesh behemoth doesn't do anything when it dies, so that's also kind of scary. I also have a habeas corpses, which could res me a void collar. Um, so what I, I think, I think what I'm going to do here is just go for the Finley and I drew a more, more, uh, mortal coil. So I'm going to mortal coil one of his dudes and then I'm just going to go face, I guess. I could lose from that, but we'll see. So I hit him down to 10. I'm at 11. My dude is immune until he um, kills my Malganus. He plays Theno. So let's see what he does here. I'm assuming he's going to try and take out my Malganus as soon as possible, just because that will... Um, that will allow him to start getting face damage in. Well, not really, but it will allow him to start getting face damage in if he has spells um, that go face. Because that Steno isn't going to start hitting my face until everything's cleared. Um, which is pretty good for me, because after it hits my amorphous slime, it's going to summon that flesh behemoth that he also has to get through. Alright... Hero powers and plays give a minion rush final and one one. Steno hits my guy, he kills that. Here comes my Thaddeus. Oh, he withdrawed. He withdrawed. Hello. Good game. Good game. I was so scared <laughs> when you were doing I knew all that. I, knew, I was like, I was like, I was like, well, we gotta do this, but that's gonna pull out a Thaddeus, and we're gonna lose anyway. But I, I was confused. I thought that, um, I thought that Steno 
didn't go face unless everything else was clear. Am I just that unlucky that she like always just hits all the minions that are on board first? Is it actually just random enemy? What is the, what is the text on Steno read, Mr. Gamer? Let me see. Let's see what she says. Oh, lowest health enemy. Yeah, I'm dumb. Okay, that checks out because I was lower health <laughs> than than Thaddeus. And that's why Chad Warlock is favored against Spell Demon on it. <laughs> Uh, Chad Warlock's actually tier one. Uh, <laughs> no, it's <still> bad. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's trash. But, right. but yeah, good game. Good games. I'm very very tired. Me as well. I'm. I need to catch up on some sleep tonight for sure. But um. But yeah, as always. Um, and you know this is different right now. Um, I know. Usually we at this point we would pick our decks for next week, but you know with this change, uh, what we'll do is just play a bunch of Hearthstone through the week, um, and you know collect our data as usual, uh, write things down about the decks we're playing, and we can even update you guys on our social media as to like what we're what we're trying out um, as we go. But then um, it'll be kind of a mystery um, from here on out, um, at least until we get enough fans to maybe start taking suggestions for decks, decks to play. Um, well, it won't we... be a mystery if you guys follow us on social media and let us know what you want from us. So do that. Yes. Follow me on Private Merc, at Private Merc on Twitter. Follow WeeWooMan at WeeWooMan.com. Underscore HS, I believe. No underscore. No underscores. We no underscore. HS. Just Wee Man HS. Yes, sir. Dang. Uh, someone else is. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a Wee Man underscore HS and pretend to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's copyrighted. <laughs> too, too late. I'm gonna do it, and I'm only gonna play wild pirate warrior and wild. And after every game, I'm gonna add people, and I'm gonna like flame them. <laughs> I'm going to be like, why don't you play a smart big brain deck like me? <laughs> oh my god. Just make everyone hate me. Everyone sees <laughs> the name Wee Wee Man and they're like, oh, that asshole again. <laughs> god. Alright, well that was a, that was a those are some good games and I look forward to uh, our uh, next week. So, yeah. with that, um, yeah. Uh, bop, 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 bop. Bye bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>